0: Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Philippians chapter 4, verse (laughs) 8. It says, this is the Mother's Day verse. Listen, the Mother's Day verse. Listen, listen, listen. Mother's Day verse. Mother's Day verse. It (laughs) says, finally, brothers, we certainly got some babies in here, don't we? y'all help me best you can finally brothers finally brothers finally brothers listen it says whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is, is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely doesn't it sound like moms doesn't that sound like mom whatever it says listen says, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Oh my goodness. Whatever, put, put it up there again. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. When I read this verse, I think about mothers. But I also think about Jesus. Hello? This thing's going to work better if we communicate. Let me take you to our main narrative. It's Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Are you excited? Let me go ahead and give you the title of today's message. Listen, I know you've been standing for a little while, but that's, that's all right. I'm going to let you continue to stand for a moment. Some blood run to your feet. How many of you have ever heard the statement, practice makes perfect? You've heard it? It ain't true. There's no such thing as perfection. And if it is, it's always short-lived because human nature has a way of breaking down perfection. So I had a coach one time, he said, practice doesn't make perfect, practice makes permanent. Mm, Give that some thought. You see, whether or not you're holding a baseball bat in your hand and you're practicing your swing. If you're practicing, your swing, You're practicing. You're practicing. You're practicing. Every motion that you make time after time after time after time builds up some muscle memory. You're rehearsing. You're practicing. Whether it's a, a, a good swing or whether it's a bad swing, the more that you practice, the more that you rehearse, your muscles are sending messages to your brain and the neural pathways of your brain are beginning to conform to the practice, to the... Permanence of your practice, so, so you're practicing, you're practicing, you're practicing, and and your performance determines, or your practice, I should say, determines your performance. It's practice, it's practice. Everybody say practice. So it's it's practice, it's practice, it's practice. And so I I, I thought about that, and I thought, well, hold on a second. If that works with muscle memory, then. It probably works with our thoughts, what we practice our thoughts the the, the, the negative thoughts we practice we rehearse them we, we run over them and, and, and they begin to take over in our lives it, it, we practice, we practice, we practice we, we practice, and, and the neural pathways of our brain begins to conform to the to the thoughts of our minds because we 're Practicing, We're, we're practicing. We're, we're, we're practicing. And some of you are, are saying, well, well, hold on a second. You know, why is it that I cannot get over what my boss did to me three years ago? Why is it that I cannot get past these feelings of insecurity in my life? Can I tell you why? Because you've practiced them you've practiced them you've practiced them you've practiced them until now they've determined the permanence of your life and your performance is based upon your practice and so what you are practicing determines the outcome of your life what you are paying attention to when you practice those thoughts is determining the direction of your life where you're going to go what you're paying attention to so your expectations follow The permanence of your practice so so you no longer expect your life to change because all you've been doing is practicing the thoughts that you ought not to be practicing you've chosen to give attention to something that is ultimately determining the direction of your life and you're wondering why you're having to settle for something that you ought not to have to settle for and it all goes back to what you're practicing Mm, good lord So, so so let me go a little deeper When you give God your attention, He will always exceed your expectations. Mm, That's good. When you give God your attention, that's thought number one if you're taking notes, if you're going to heaven. When you give God your attention, He will always exceed your expectations. I'm going to do some work around that. And it will make a lot of sense in a few minutes. But before I can get into the main narrative, let me just do a quick refresher. Is that okay? Last week we talked about Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. Let me read it to you again so that we can establish some some direction. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. Here's what Paul writes. He said, Now, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, (laughs) circle that, what has happened to me You see, what had happened was, what has happened to me, how many of you know that a lot of times we focus on the happenings in our lives? And how many of you also know that the happenings have a way of destroying the happiness in our lives? Because we begin to take up resonance with the happenings and we're overwhelmed by the negative thoughts and and the happenings begin to beat us up and and pull us down and and take us to places that we don't want to go all because... Our hope is in the happenings as opposed to the one who can give us hope. So, Paul, here's Paul, he says, What had happened to me? What had happened to me was, What, what had happened? This is his opportunity. He's writing this from a Philippian prison. This is his opportunity to pontificate on the problems in his life just like we would do. You see, what had happened to me was I've been arrested and I'm thrown in prison for something that I did not do. What has happened to me was I, I haven't had a good meal in I don't know how long. What has happened to me was the Roman soldiers are, are mistreating me. What has happened to me was my wife walked out on me. What has happened to me was my kids are driving me crazy. What has happened to me is I, I was fired from my job. What has happened to me is my car didn't crank this morning. What has happened to me is my supervisor's not happy with my production level so i'm in trouble at work what has happened to me what has happened to me what has happened to me you see but paul had a different perspective on the happenings in his life he didn't really focus on the happening happenings because he knew that whatever happened god would use it to fulfill his plan in fact look what he says after that he says here's what had happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Oh, Lord. What the enemy meant for evil, God has turned it around and used it for good. Uh, And then verse 27. Look, skip to verse 27. This is our go-to verse for this series. Paul writes, whatever happens, I said, whatever happens, whatever happens, whatever happens, look at your neighbor and say, whatever happens, Whatever happens, what, whatever happens, whatever happens, whatever happens, what whatever happens if I never see you again, whatever happens if they keep me in prison for the rest of my life, whatever happens if they take my head off of my shoulders, whatever happens, if 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 my kids continue to drive me crazy, whatever happens if my car won't crank when I get into the parking lot, whatever happens if the doctor gives me a bad report, whatever happens if my dreams don't seem to come to fruition, whatever happens if my job quits on me, if my wife walks out on me, whatever happens, whatever happens. Whatever happens. Whatever happens. Are you with me? Whatever happens. He says, whatever happens. He said, whatever happens or whatever does not happen. He said, don't allow it to dictate your response. In fact, look what he says in the rest of that verse. He says, whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner that is worthy of the gospel of Christ. Oh my Lord. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner that is worthy of the gospel of Christ. Whatever happens, if I if, if I can't seem to make ends meet, whatever happens, if my finances are all jacked up, whatever happens, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Whatever happens, if God is for me, tell me who can be against me. Whatever happens, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Whatever happens, he can do exceedingly or abundantly above all that I think, ask, or Imagine I said, whatever happens, whatever happens. You see, when I begin to practice His ways and His word, His promises become permanent in my life. Let me continue on this refresher course for a moment. Is that okay? Last week, we began to talk about the gap in our lives. The gap. We called it the whatever happens gap. The whatever happens gap is the place that is in between our expectations and the reality of our lives. The reality of our lives are the experiences in our lives. And the gap that's in the middle is called the what? The whatever happens gap. And the whatever happens gap is the place of problems, whatever happens, it's the difficult place, it's the region of discouragement, it's the region of conflict, it's the region of frustration, it's the region of unhappiness, it's the region of depression because our thoughts begin to acquiesce when our expectations are not met. They begin to become bad thoughts and we lower our expectations to meet our reality and therefore we miss out out on our destiny all because of whatever happens. Paul said, whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner that is worthy of the gospel of Christ. He's saying, whatever happens in your life, that God, whatever happens in your life, the promises of God can overcome the expectations of your surroundings. He can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you think, ask, or imagine. Whatever happens, whatever happens. You see, you can take up resonance in the wrong thoughts, or you can take up resonance in the right thoughts. You can take up resonance in the whatever happens gap, or you can take up resonance in the thoughts that God wants you to have. Are you with me? Hmm to whatever happened. He says, conduct yourself in a manner. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner that is worthy of the gospel of Christ. Can I tell you something? In order for you to conduct yourself in a manner that is worthy of the gospel of Christ, you've got to know the gospel. Hello? It doesn't happen just by osmosis. You you sleep next to the Bible. Woo. No. In other words, there is absolutely no way that you can respond to an ungodly situation in a godly way if you've not practiced His ways. Hello? So for Paul, Paul, you know, he said, for me, it doesn't matter whatever happens to me. I just expect God to use it to turn it about to advance the gospel. So, so, so let me jump into our main narrative. Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul kind of switches gears. He, he moves from the whatever happens, the external things in life, to really the internal dynamics of the whatever happens. He moves into our mind, if you will. He moves away from this descriptive quality to this demonstrative quality. In fact, what Paul does is he moves away from his situation into our situation in chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Look what he says, chapter 2, verse 1. Are you there? Say amen. He says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. Hold on a second. Paul in the previous chapter, has just highlighted the problem, the whatever gap, whatever happens. Conduct yourself in a manner that is worthy of the gospel. But then in the very next verse, in the very next chapter, he says, if you've ever been encouraged. He's talking about when you find yourself in the whatever gap, have you ever been encouraged by the love of God? Have you ever felt the compassion of Christ? Have you ever experienced the tenderness of His grace? Have you ever had fellowship with the Holy Spirit? How many of you have ever been in the whatever gap and God had showed up? Come on. Somebody ought to give him praise up in this place. So so watch this. He says, okay, well then, all right, now that we've all established that you found yourself there before and God has shown up, then here's what you do. He says in verse 2, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Hold on a second. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded. I need you to circle that phrase, like-minded, 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 like-minded. All of a sudden, Paul goes to the battlefield. He goes to the gap that's between our ears. He goes to the mind. He says, then be like-minded. Be like me. Replicate what I've done. Be what I've been. While I've been going through the struggle, I've been trying to demonstrate for you what you need to do. So so replicate it. Be like-minded. Be like-minded. Now, here's the problem. Paul is making reference to the church at Philippi. And he's telling them, I understand the struggle that you're going through. I know the difficulty. I know what's coming against you. But what is really amazing to me is that Paul is always very descriptive in any of his writings. You can read it and you know exactly what he's talking about. But for some reason in this passage, he's less than descriptive. He just says, I know what you're going through. Well, I don't. So Paul, what are they going through? What is that early church going through? He doesn't accentuate or highlight what they're going through. History tells us that Paul was in prison, so we know what he was going through. But what was the early church going through? He doesn't tell us. Maybe it was the the Judaizers who are this sect of people who come in after Paul starts a church and when Paul leaves to go start another church, they come in and they ransack the church and they split the church into a thousand pieces and they begin to tell the people in the church that you're not going to make it to heaven by grace. Maybe that's what's going on. We don't know. But, 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 but But maybe what's going on is the Roman officials are oppressing the early church. We don't know. Maybe the Jewish officials, Vince, are persecuting the early Christians. We we don't know. But he doesn't tell us. Do you want to know what my take is on that? (laughs) I already told you this is going to work better if we communicate. Do you want to know what my take is on that? My take is that... Whatever happens many times consumes our thought process. And he doesn't want us to focus on the whatever. He wants us to focus on the whoever. You see he doesn't want us to focus on the whatever he wants us to focus on the whoever because when we focus on the whatever our thoughts begin to acquiesce with those thoughts that we don't need and so he's he's not trying to 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 advertise his problem he's not trying to say here's what my problem is he's not trying to say here's what your problem is he's not accentuating the problem but rather he's trying to ignite their faith more than just ignite their faith he's trying to ignite their focus now let me explain what I mean for a minute because when you really get down to faith faith and fear have a lot of similarities in fact you know what faith is faith is whatever happens in your life let me back up fear is whatever happens in your life will ultimately overcome you That's fear. Fear is having faith that whatever happens in your life, whatever comes over you in your life will ultimately overcome you. Are you with me? That's what fear is. Fear is whatever happens in my life, I have faith that that whatever happens that's coming over me will eventually overcome me. That's that's fear. Now, Now, faith on the other side We know what faith is, so I I don't want to go into that, but I do want to show you a common thread. The common thread between fear and faith is focus. It's what you're focusing on. In fact, Paul says again in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, he says, whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner that is worthy of the gospel. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner. In other words, he's pointing them to Christ. Whatever happens, it's about Christ. Whatever happens it's Christ. Whatever happens it's Jesus. Whatever happens it's Jesus. And then watch this. Three verses later in chapter 1, verse 30, here's what Paul writes. Paul says, since you are going through the same struggle you saw that I had, and now hear that I still have. He's saying, you're struggling and I'm struggling. You're struggling and I'm struggling. You're struggling and I'm struggling. How many of you know we struggle? 33 of us know that we struggle. Look at your neighbor and say, we we all struggle. He says, since you're struggling and you know that I've been struggling, now we're struggling, whatever the struggle is, he doesn't tell us. But then in the very next verse in chapter 2, understand man has put the chapters in place. So really chapter 2 is just a continuation of chapter 1. It's not really verse 1 of chapter 2. It's really verse 31 of chapter 1. Paul writes this, he says, okay, since you're struggling and I'm struggling, he says, then therefore, if you have had any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, any common sharing in the spirit, any tenderness and compassion, oh my Lord, hold on a second, he's trying to draw their attention again to the worth of Jesus Christ. Whatever happens, if remember, don't you remember, guys, don't you remember church at Philippi? You struggled in the past, but God showed up. Don't you remember that you had a problem in the past, but God's tenderness came to your aid? Don't you remember when all of this happened? You see, he wants them to practice. He wants them to practice. He wants them to practice all that God has done for them in the past. He's trying to condition their thought process to focus upon the beauty of who God is no matter what happens. Whatever happens, be encouraged. Whatever happens, be encouraged. Whatever happens, if if you felt his tenderness, whatever happens, practice, practice, practice. Whatever happens, be encouraged. Oh, hold on a second. I remember it, I was encouraged one time. It was Jesus I, I was blessed one time. It was Jesus I, I felt this breakthrough in my life one time. It was Jesus I was delivered one time and he's gonna deliver me again. It was Jesus, it's practice, it's practice, it's practice. It's practice. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's practice. My God, if he's for me, who can be against me? It's practice. He will use this evil and turn it into good. It's practice. It's practice. It's practice. It's practice. Because what Paul is saying is if you are a Christ follower, the skill set is already within you in order for you to overcome whatever comes against you. It's practice. It's practice. It's practice. It's practice. Look at your neighbor and say, are you practicing? Are you practicing? Are you practicing? I got a lot of more. I feel like, what was his name? Mr. T against Rocky. I got a lot of more. So so I need to move on. Verse 2. Verse 2. Are you moving with me? Verse 2, he says this. Then, if you've conditioned your mind to be thinking about all that God has done for you, if you're thinking about him, whatever happens, he said, then make my joy complete by being like, my, make my joy complete. Hold on a second. Make my joy complete. This is an interesting choice of words for Paul. He says, make my joy complete. Don't forget where he's at. He's in prison. And he's talking about make my joy complete. Hold on a second. He's in prison. You know what this tells me? That Paul's joy was not connected to the status of his life. Paul's joy was not connected to his job. Paul's joy was not connected to his career. Paul's joy was not connected to his business. Paul's joy was not connected to Facebook. Paul's joy was not connected to Pinterest. Paul's joy was not connected to any other thing. The thing that Paul's joy was connected to was his ability to conduct himself in a godly manner no matter what happened. Mm. He said, so be like-minded and make my joy complete. It was his ability conduct himself in a manner that is worthy of the gospel. That's what made his joy complete, even though he was in prison. Wouldn't it be awesome to be able to be driving down the road, get cut off in traffic, and rather than you pointing a finger, the one beside your ring finger, You know what I'm talking about, that number one sign that you love to, it's the international sign of get out of the way. You you know where I'm going with this now, just hang here with me. Wouldn't it be awesome instead of getting cut off in traffic and acting like you don't have any sense? You know, some of you do that. I do that. I have to remember I've got a sticker on my car that says Epicenter. Wouldn't it be awesome to get cut off in traffic and all of a sudden you're like, how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great. Wouldn't that be awesome? How about this? You work for a jerk. I see, come on, she said, woo. Let me make sure she doesn't work for me. Who was that? man? <laughs> um, so, so, so you're at work, and, and your boss, you know, he just kind of berates you in front of people. and he, He's just aggravating you, man. He's just giving you a rough day, and you're just all down in the cellar. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could be, I want more of you, God. There's a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control. I want more of you, God. Wouldn't that be awesome? Instead, we sing, Oh, there's a fire and it's on your desk because I said it and you are a pest. I don't want no more of you, boss. Some of you are like, <laughs> have you ever thought that it's your ability to live like heaven in the midst of hell that's going to draw people to the cause of Christ? Have you ever thought that it's your ability to lift up your hands when your arms are tired? Have you ever thought that it's your ability to raise your voice above the noise of life that will ultimately bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? It's a mindset. Do you hear me? It's a mindset. He said, be like-minded. He said, be (laughs) like-minded. Let me just tell you something. I want you to hear this. Some of you need to stop asking God for the strength to overcome whatever happens. Don't ask him anymore. In fact, he's not going to give you the strength to overcome whatever happens. Some of you are like, What? Listen to me. Stop asking God for the strength to overcome whatever happens because God doesn't want to give you the strength to overcome whatever happens. God wants to give you the strength that will make your joy complete. Do you hear me? There's a difference. He wants to give you a joy that's not connected to the status of your condition. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner that is worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be like-minded. Be like-minded. When I think about this like-minded thing, I think about a book that I read by Malcolm Gladwell. It's a book called Blink. There's a chapter in the book that talks about the power of thinking and how we, we think without thinking. How many of you know that we just don't think about the things that we're thinking about? In other words, we we have had thoughts for so long that they've become second nature, that we're no longer even thinking about what's coming out of our mouths. We're just, it's a thought, and there it goes. what What he's saying in the book, the premise of the book, really, or this chapter anyway, is saying if you can have the right thoughts, you'll have the right actions without even thinking about it. Okay, okay, so so hold on a second so he's saying if you'll have the right thoughts your actions will follow your thoughts Mm. and let me take it a little further your thoughts will form your actions your actions will become habits your habits will form your character and your character will define your destiny Mm, good Lord, have mercy. L- l- let, me, let me tell you something. It all started out as a little bitty thought that became an action that turned into a habit, that formed your character, that determined your destiny. If you can have the right thoughts, you'll have the right destiny. You see, what I'm trying to tell you is your destiny, the success or failure of your destiny is connected to your thoughts. right thoughts the right destiny. You see, see it, it, it's the right thoughts, the right actions, the right habits, the right character. What, 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 let me ask you a question. What is the opposite of success? Nope. No, you'd say that. The opposite of success is not failure. The opposite of success is unfaithfulness. The opposite of success is unfaithfulness in your thoughts. You see, if you don't have faithful thoughts, if you don't have full of faith, let me turn, turn the word around, if you don't have full of faith thoughts, you're going to end up in a destiny that really God didn't design for you. So the opposite of, of success is not necessarily failure, it is your lack of surrender. Ooh, You're not surrendering to the right thoughts. And when you don't surrender to the right thoughts, you begin to acquiesce with the wrong thoughts. And when you begin to acquiesce with the wrong thoughts, man, all hell breaks out in your life. Let me give you an example. How many of you remember Sally from last week on Facebook? You, you were here, you remember Sally? Let me refresh your memory. Sally. So you're, you're sitting at the house and you're cruising. Ladies, Just this is ladies, not chauvinistic, just, just, just ladies. You're cruising through Facebook. And you come up on Sally's account, and Sally's in Tahiti. (sighs) You begin to click on those thumbnail pictures, and you see the beauty of Tahiti. You see the crystal blue water, the sky, the sun, little tiki hut. Oh, my goodness, that tan she's getting. Oh, and the more you look through her Facebook pictures, the more resentment is starting to build up in you. Why can't I go to Tahiti? I can't believe she's in Tahiti. I, I want to be in Tahiti, but I, I'm not in Tahiti. I'm watching these kids that are driving me crazy, sitting on a couch that I cannot stand in a house that I wish I did not have while your dog just messed up in the corner and it's raining outside. I wish I, I, wish I was in Tahiti. And all day long, you stew on it, you stew on it, you stew on it. All day long, resentment and anger and, oh man, my life, I wish I had. My husband don't make enough money to take me to Tahiti. So your husband, he comes home from work. And it's all his fault. And so you say, baby, I'd like to go on a vacation. And he says, well, where do you want to go? And and you say, Tahiti. He said, you're out your mind. (laughs) I'll take you to White Lake. And then all of a sudden you're slamming doors and pots and pans, and you're like, you just don't make enough money. And then all of a sudden he's angry at you. He's like, well, if you wouldn't have charged up that credit card, if you didn't have to have that car, if you weren't sitting on that sofa that you don't like because you have to change all the time, we would have some money to go to Tahiti. You see where the thought, you see what I'm saying? The thought turns into some actions that, if you're not careful, will build some habits the next thing you know, you ooh, you got a destiny problem. Can I get up in your business a little bit more? Some of you need to stop asking God for greater, his greater goodness in your life if you're not willing to have greater surrender. You see, again, ladies, you're like, I wish God would change my husband. (laughs) Good luck, guy. (laughs) Some of you are saying, I wish God would change my... Husband, well, well, listen, can I tell you something? Well, maybe your husband cannot be changed until you surrender to Ephesians chapter 5 that says, Wives respect your husbands. So, listen, I don't know who said, Woo, so I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to you. Some of the men are saying, I wish God would change my wife. Well, maybe you haven't surrendered. To Ephesians chapter 5, that says, Husbands, love your wives the way Christ loved the church. Mm. Listen, I, 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 all the ladies said amen. Um, <laughs> the, the, the point that I'm trying to make, and I know this is a different message, but what I am trying to say is that if you can get these right, whatever happens, you can avoid a lot of the conflict that you have because these are right. So, what are we supposed to focus on? Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. We started it off it's the mother's day verse philippians chapter 4 verse 8 put it up it says whatever 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 is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything excellent or praiseworthy think about such things think about think about those things think about those things last week i I shared with you that my wife and i certainly want to be accountable to my wife she said you know, Mark, I'm just tired of your phone being a permanent fixture on your face. She said, you just own it all the time. You just own it all the time. And and so I told you, I said, because I want to be accountable and I want to make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and I want to be present with the people that I'm present with, I, I, I put an app on my phone called Checky. Now, that app will tell you how many times a day you check your phone. Well, the first week that it was on my phone, I shared with you last week for accountability purposes. I said, that I was averaging 175 to 200 times a day, I was checking my phone. The girl down front said, "Oh my goodness, you're giving me some bad thoughts over here." So, so now, Checky says that I'm checking my phone, you know, roughly 100 times a day. So I, I brought it down. Now, oh yeah. What they need to do is, you know, tell you the duration of the times you're on the phone because it's probably the same amount of time, just, just anyway, just being transparent. Um, so, but wouldn't it be awesome if we had an app on our phone that, Mark, today, you have a lousy attitude. Y- you know what? We, we do. We, we, we do. We do have an app. It's, oh, good Lord. We, we don't, come here, baby. We don't have an app on our phone, but we've got an application of God's Word. Philippians chapter 4 says, says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right. This is Kim's verse. This is what I think about. Whatever is pure. Whatever is lovely. Hmm. Whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about such things. Uh, think about such things. Whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is admirable, anything excellent or praiseworthy. Mm-hmm. Think about such things. Okay, okay, walk over your bed. Okay, okay. Now, this, this is, she's my expectation. She's what I need to be thinking about. Okay? Alright. Now, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. There's a penalty for sitting down front. Okay. Okay. Today he's representing the ugliness of my situation. Sorry, guy. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. Sorry, I'm sorry. So so this is the reality. This is my reality. Okay? Th- this is my problem. This is my whatever. This is my situation this is the gap, stay right there, this is the gap, this is the gap, so I'm hanging out in the whatever gap, I'm supposed to be focused on whatever's lovely, whatever's pure, whatever's you know, trustworthy, whatever is admirable, think about such things, but sometimes, sometimes whatever happens, and my mind's hanging out over here, over here in the reality of my situation, and then I'm hanging out in the gap, but can I ask you a question, why in the world would I want to hang out with this, when I can be hanging out with that? Stay right. Here. Stay right here. Whatever, whatever, whatever. It's whatever is whatever is beautiful. What, whatever is pure. whatever is admirable. Think about whatever is praiseworthy. Think about such. Think about think about think about, think about such such things. So so, so, so I got to show you something else. I got to bring it in. I got to show you something else. In Philippians chapter four verse seven, I want you to see this. You, you got to see this. Right, right. I'm over here, guys. Right here. Everybody's right here. Okay. Philippians chapter four verse seven. Paul writes something that is absolutely powerful. you got to see it. He says, And the peace of God, everybody say, the peace of God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, circle that, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see that word Guard. That word guard is a beautiful Greek word in the original language that it was written in. That word guard actually means gate monitor. It actually means that there is a guard that is posted at the gate to a city. It's a military term that will not allow anyone in or out without approval. Paul says, and the peace that surpasses all understanding." will guard your hearts and your minds he stands at the gate and he keeps he keeps whatever from from coming in are are, are you with me he guards the gate he guards the gate So, so 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 here's the deal I'm wanting to hang out with whatever's lovely, whatever's beautiful. I'm, I'm wanting to hang out with that. I'm, I'm wanting that. But but, 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 but but all of a sudden, whatever happens, whatever happens, whatever happens, whatever happens. I need four, I need four men, four men, four, four volunteers, four volunteers. Just come on, just come on, come on. Four, four, four. If I get more than four, it's okay. All right, all right, come on. All right, one, two, three, four. Right here, right here, right here. That's it, that's it. Okay, good, 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 good. All right, that's cool. One, two, three, four. All right. You four guys are going to re- represent my ugly thoughts. So, so you're my past, you're my failures, you're my insecurities, and you're, you you're can't get right, there you go, all right, okay. So, 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 so grab this, all right, so, so he says that, 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 that the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds. So I'm over here just looking at whatever's lovely, whatever's beautiful, whatever's, oh my goodness, and then all of a sudden somebody cuts me off in traffic. And I'm moving a little closer to the gate, and, and then the next thing you know, the doctor gives me a report that I don't like, and pretty soon, I, I, I'm back over here. Whatever happens, I, I'm hanging out with these bad thoughts. Come here, bad thoughts. You stay right there. Come here, bad thoughts. All the bad thoughts. You're hanging out right here. So, so, so I'm acquiescing with the bad thoughts. Come on, come on. Bad thoughts are right here. Bad thoughts are coming. Come on, right here. Bad thoughts are all over me. why, why do I want to hang out over here if I can be hanging out over there? So, the bad thoughts, they're all around me. They've encompassed me. They're keeping me down. Whatever, what, hold on a second. Whatever is lovely, whatever is beautiful, whatever is admirable, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is trustworthy, whatever is pure. Come on, guys, follow me. Come on, whatever, whatever. Come on, guys. No, no, no. You can't come. You can't come. You can't come. Because the peace of God. It's guarding my heart. <laughs> do, do you, because whatever is noble, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is just, whatever is praiseworthy, I got to be thinking about these. I got to be practicing these. I got to be practicing. I got to be practicing these things. I can't be practicing these things. I got to be practicing this. I got to hang out right here. Are you with me? Come on, church. So it says, 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 so it says. You, be seated. Not you, but you be seated. So it says to think about such things. Think about what things? Do I want to be thinking about these things? No, because when I start thinking about these things, I miss out on the destiny that God has for me. So I don't want to be thinking about these things. Come on, guys. Come on, come on, come on. No, 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 you can't. Come on, come on, come on. I don't want to be, I don't want to be thinking about those things. N- n- now, the more I read this, I thought, God, give me something that I've never seen before. How many of you know if you ask God to give you something you've never seen before, he'll give it to you? Let me show you something. Look at verse 8. Look at it again. Look at this. This is cool. This is how, how he brings it home. Verse 8, chapter 4. Verse 8 says, Finally, brothers, and sisters, whatever you think about, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, ad- lovely, admirable, all of those things. Get to the end. It says, think about... No, no, no. Go back. Verse 8. Think about such things. That term, think about such things. I went back and I checked what it meant in the original Greek. Think about such things. You know what it meant? It meant to practice habitually. Think about practice. I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice, I'm going to practice. I'm going practice, I'm going to practice, I'm going to practice. I'm going pra- to be hanging out with whatever's lovely, whatever's pure, whatever's admirable, whatever's noble, whatever is praiseworthy, I'm going to be thinking about such things. Are you with me? 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 Oh ho 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 ho. I'm going to practice, I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice. You see, so many times, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Paul is saying, we want to hang out on the wrong side of the gate. And we expect the blessings of God. Hold on. We want to hang out on the wrong side. You see what Paul is trying to tell us, Paul is trying to say this. Hold on, you've got to grab this. Paul is saying, you know what? It's, our problem is not whatever happens. Our problem is what we think about whatever happens. Our problem is not whatever happens. Our problems are the thoughts that we have about whatever happens. So it's like Malcolm Gladwell said, we've got to begin to think about what we're thinking about. Because Paul says, remember, if you've ever been encouraged, then rise up. If you've ever felt His grace, then come on and praise Him. Remember the times that He's been there. Because He's good. He's delivered you before. He'll deliver you again. He's given you breakthrough in the past. He'll give you breakthrough in the future. You see, how could Paul, how could Paul, how could Paul write such a text? How could he write the book of joy while he's in prison? How could he write, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. How could he write, I can do all things through Christ. Who gives me strength. How could he write? Be anxious in nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication. Present your request to the Lord. How could he do that? Because Paul understood that it didn't matter what happened around him. Because the God that was within him would overcome whatever happens in his life. Come on somebody, practice. Ho, 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 ho. Oh, I'm not done, I'm not done. Hold on. Hold on. How many of you know? How many of you know? How many of you know that sometimes you can be seated? You can be, you're not gonna rush me. So listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preach till I'm done today. I got, I got a lot of more. How many of you know sometimes, sometimes the gate seems to be a little closer to reality than it is to whatever's beautiful and lovely? Can can, can I tell you something? I, I want you to hear this. Sometimes the reality of your situation will abort the expectations of your heart if your mind is on the wrong side of the gate. I'm not sure that I can even repeat that. But let me try. Sometimes the reality of your situation can abort the expectations of your heart because you're on the wrong side of the gate in your mind Mm. but Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 he said and the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind well hold on a second if whatever is beautiful whatever is lovely it's way over there go back way over there baby it's way over there then how in the world is God going to guard it from way over there? You know, let me tell you how. Because when you begin to habitually practice Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, whatever is true, whatever is just, whatever is admirable, whatever is... Put your arms around me. Come on, put your arm. I know you want to put your arms. Put, put... The things that we do for the cause of Christ. Whatever is lovely, whatever is just, whatever is praiseworthy. Think about it. You see, God doesn't guard the gate from way over there. He guards the gate with His arms wrapped around you because He knows what your destiny is. He knows where He's taking you. He's going to wrap His arms around you because He's going to encourage you. He's going to lift you up. He's going to share with you in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Now, 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 no no no, no Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. You got to see, have you got a minute? Have you got a minute? Now you know to a preacher a minute means 10, but I'm going to do the best I can. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, you got to see this. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Show it to me up there. Put it on the board. Joshua 1.8. Grab guys. Just stay right here. Joshua 1.8. Moses has just died. God is about to take the people into the promised land. And Joshua is the one leading them but Joshua is having to wear the shoes of Moses so to speak. Man, he don't know what to do. Moses was a man of God. Joshua is like, I don't have the wherewithal that he had. I don't he's, he's got insecurities, he's got fear. He knows that battles are ahead. But look what God says to him in verse 8. He says, "Joshua, if you'll keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful." Hang on a second. He says, take the book of the law and meditate on it, and practice, oh, practice, meditate on it, Medi- whatever is noble, whatever is lovely, whatever is beautiful, whatever is admirable, praiseworthy, think about such things, practice, 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 and he said, then you will be successful, but watch this in verse 9, watch, verse 9, God says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, <laughs> do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. Hold on. Hold on. It gets a lot better. It gets a lot better. Now flip back with me over to Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. I I just cannot believe that it's coincidental that it's verses 8 and 9 in Joshua chapter 1, and it's verses 8 and 9 in Philippians chapter 4. But in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, he says, I want you to think about this, brothers. Think about whatever's noble, whatever's right, is pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, be thinking about those things. But then he says this in verse 9. He says, whatever. Uh-oh. Whatever. Look at your neighbor and say, whatever. He says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, he says, put it into what? oh he said put it into what practice. he said put it into practice and then he says and the God of all peace will be with you the same thing that God told Joshua now Paul is telling us that the God of all peace will be with he's 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 with you he he's with you are you understanding what I'm saying he's with you he's with you Now now now, hold on a second because I don't think you're grabbing this James, they ain't grabbing it. Let me tell you why. Because in verse 7, we looked at it a second ago, Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, Paul writes, and the peace of God, and the peace of God, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. The peace of God. Well, hold on a second. In verse 9, he flips some things, and he doesn't say the peace of God. He says the God of peace. Hold on a second. So are you telling me, Paul, that if I practice verse 8, whatever is noble, whatever is lovely, whatever is just, whatever is beautiful, whatever is admirable, that I not only have, I not only have, I not only have the peace that God offers, but I have the God that offers peace. Are you telling me that? Oh hold on a second. So that means whatever happens, whatever happens, he's guarding the gate. Whatever happens on Monday morning, you may see something that you don't like, but whatever happens, he's with you. He's guarding the gate. What come on, church? Somebody I said God is with you. He's guarding the gate. When you're disappointed, he's guarding the gate. When you're when you're down and out, he's guarding the gate. When you're fighting addiction, he's guarding the gate. When somebody says to you that you will never be, he's guarding the gate. Come on, somebody. Practice, practice practice come on I said he's starting the gate in your life the shore the come on watch this, watch this, watch this you see, I may not be perfect, but I have a God I have a God, did you hear me? I have a God who will guard the gate in my life And one thing that I know for sure is the more that I practice him and the more that I practice his ways, the more that I realize that his love is a permanent thing. And he begins to guard the gate. When my wife walks, he guards the gate. When my kids are annoying me, he guards the gate. When that boss mistreats you, he guards the gate. He guards the gate. He guards the gate. gate. But let me show you something else. I don't want these guys to have a complex. But I want you to see something. Let me get right in the middle of you. Y'all circle, all of you. Just all of you circle. Just all of you right here, right here. The Bible says, think about, think about practice. Whatever is noble, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is praiseworthy. You see, the more that I think about those things, the more that my thoughts transition to good thoughts. Hold on a second. Now, all of a sudden... Those thoughts have fallen off. Come on with me, guys. You're coming through the gate this time. Come on with me. Come on. I promise you're coming through the gate. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Get in front of me. Get in front of me. Get, get around me. Get around We're going to walk. We're going to walk. Everybody get around me. Just Everybody circle me. Come on. Come around in front. Of me. Circle me. You gonna? We're going to go down that aisle right there. Listen, let me tell you. Whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is just, Whatever is admirable, I'm going to think about these things because the Bible says that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life.